listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Fresh take the rundown. Joshua Adam Lee Marmoth with the talented, sexy, dangerous Devonair. He will give you more enthusiasm in a VO role than Chris Pratt as Garfield. It's Devin Seal. What? No way! Yeah, maybe I will. And that's how I became John's owner. <laughs> and that's why I like lasagna. And that's how I get paychecks. He's so cool. I I'll give him credit. As Mario, he was fine. The Garfield one is just like not good. Not good. Not good. Uh, He's just Chris Pratt. <laughs> like at least with Mario, I felt like there was an actual emphasis to try. Like I, there was times I was like, wasn't thinking it was Chris Pratt. I was like, okay, this is Mario. Cool. I'm not sucked out of this. Even even though that um, Luigi just sounded like Charlie Day. I didn't really think too much about that one for whatever reason, but with the Garfield one, maybe it's because we Garfield has also been like fully voiced over by us. Yep. By Bill Murray. And then um, by Lorenzo. I can't remember his last name. Lorenzo music. Lorenzo music. So that, that is just entrenched of what a Garfield voice is. So like, why not even like, cause you could tell too, when Bill Murray does that, he tries to do that voice. And even Frank Welker did the other voice of Garfield. And Frank Welker did the exact same kind of tone that a Lorenzo music did for Garfield yes, as well. Absolutely. There is kind of, and that's, that is kind of like a very much a, I think Lorenzo music, did he not do? Um... He was also Peter in Ghostbusters. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. He had such a good job doing that voice that monotone kind of voice that you're right. Like that is kind of like a really stereo, like not it's, it's what I picture in my mind about how Garfield sounds. And then of course for Bill Murray to go, to go and do that. Cause they're kind of actually just copying Bill Murray, right. From yeah. the eighties. Yeah. Um, it kind of came full circle when he actually did the voiceover of those terrible, terrible animated movies. So yeah, there was a Rick uh, and Morty bit about that to go back to your, statement about uh chris pratt sounding like chris pratt it was fine for emmett yeah i really really like just andy at that point too but it also works for emmett that's true and that's what i was going to say like he's kind of borrowing a motif of character that he can act in his wheelhouse for those characters right down their luck happy-go-lucky guys kind of dumb but really well-meaning that's not garfield Garfield is like very much an opportunistic. He's kind of sassy. You know who should have been uh, Garfield? Who? Nick Offerman. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking or about it. Or at least maybe a relative. Mm. That's a really good point as to who Garfield should have or been. Or it would actually been hilarious if Nick Offerman was just normal. <laughs> 
well that's kind of like one of the classic gags is have this little tiny character and then have like a really deep voiced person yeah um it's also kind of weird because i've probably spent more time I'm, i'm sure a lot of people in our generation have spent more time reading garfield and actually listening or watching garfield so like i kind of have a voice of garfield in my head which i think is a little bit influenced by the cartoons but not completely. yeah it was because i remember going to the scholastic book fairs and i read a lot of garfields and as a kid that grew up with dyslexia comics and garfield books were the easier way for me to read than instead of these big novels right yeah uh, like the, the way that the... and everything are easier totally that makes a lot of sense that's a really good point <sighs> Chris Pratt, I mean, just mailing it in, I guess. But at this point, like, I don't blame him for saying yes to the project. Okay. It's not his fault for being offered millions of dollars to play pretty easy movie roles. It's the, it's the movie's fault for, for going after him and not giving someone else a chance or going out of the wheelhouse, doing some kind of drastic departure, or in this case, finding someone who's going to sound kind of close to the classic. You and I were kind of talking about this the other day, and then I, it kind of uh, came up to a thing I was having with a uh, friend of the pod, Joel Johnson, about stuff. You and I were talking about how, it, you know, for year-end, how stacked. I mean, animated movie, I think, is done. Uh, but animated show is very wide variety of really good options this year, right? Um, and... I'll talk about that with Scott Pilgrim because I want to talk about my review for it and the, the wide variety of fantastic voice acting in that. But it also goes to Rick and Morty this year, which has been a much better season. Number one, Justin Rowland's not around creatively anymore. Right. But just in the voices of Rick and Morty, when you think about the last two seasons, you could just tell he was just kind of checking, cashing a check and doing whatever. The new voices of Rick and Morty feel that energetic flow that you had from the first two seasons again. Right, and I didn't. I didn't feel like that. Now that now that I like I've seen you know halfway through this season of Rick and Morty, you definitely have a different feel of okay, like this is what they're supposed to sound like uh, comparatively to what we had, and thus in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, where we get all these actors and actresses, and yeah, they've been in these roles, but you've you've had actors you know be in a role and just kind of phone it in, but. You have top brass people like Aubrey Plaza and Kieran Culkin and mm-hmm. uh, Anna Kendrick and so on and so forth. And they're giving Chris Evans, giving great acting performances in the voice acting role in a way that you would expect them to be in an anime type of way, if that makes sense. Cool. You hit a, you hit a lot of points out of the park. Well, and look there. at the, ma, 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 I'm going to butcher this. So for, uh, forgive me, the ma, Mazasuki, Mazasaki movie that's coming out. Oh, Miyazaki. The Miyazaki, Miyazaki thank movie. You. Uh, and um, who is it that's doing the voice of the stork in that? Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah, thank you. And his and the and just the trailer that was like, holy shit. Like so, that is that is fantastic job there. He transformed. I did not himself. I I did not train I did not watch the trailer. Yeah. Um I am I okay so I this is this is one of those weird things where you go talk to people and you're talking you know these things these pop culture relevant pop culture things pop up and uh, I myself would say that I am not the biggest Miyazaki fan not because I dislike any of it just because I have not put the time and effort to watch every single movie I've watched half of them probably maybe closer to two-thirds um, only basically the convenience 
Um, but at the same time, when I compare myself to others or others compare themselves to me, I am a really big fan. I've even been to the museum slash theme park in Japan. So like even that kind of elevates my fandom, if you will. Um, but the boy and the heron, you know, if, if this is truly his last movie, and of course we've heard him say he's retiring a lot before, um, I'm really okay with just enjoying the ride without the hype and anticipation. And most movies, I only watch one trailer to begin with to kind of preserve that sense. I want to see what the movie's kind of about or get a feel for it and then move on from it from there. But even like just with a classic Ghibli film, I want to enjoy as if I were to rent it from Blockbuster because my friends who follow these blogs online know and uh are telling me i should go my way to watch it like could you imagine if you had watched like three or four trailers for spirited away i don't know if you've seen spirited away um yeah could you imagine watching basic ghibli i've seen tortoro and spirited away perfect okay but those are two like those are obviously like two of the very best examples but um could you imagine if you'd watched like in today's uh, media outlets like there's six trailers and then there's the final trailer for for spirited away for example like I just don't, I think a lot of the magic of like that whole journey would have really been lost, right? Because they would have taken shots of like some of the most animated parts of the film and put it in the trailer or the climax, for example. Like, I don't necessarily understand what he's trying to get at with Spirited Away, but at the same time, every time I watch it, I feel like I understand it when I like through an emotional level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really want to preserve that with Boy and the Heron. Whether it's good or not, you know, there's been, and that's the tough part. Like you get some of these reviews from people who are at film festivals or maybe our friend from uh, our friend, Adam, who's like, oh, I heard it's really mid. And it's like mid compared to what? Like mid compared to Spirited Away, which won an Oscar or mid compared to uh, people who've watched every Ghibli film or mid compared to people who are at a film festival who may not spend a lot of time in anime and may not appreciate some of the nuances of the of the art from the medium like it all kind of depends on the horse's mouth if you will and so when we talk about that movie the new one i really want to preserve it as much as i can for myself and there's going to be an opportunity or there's a chance that i might really really like a bad movie which is kind of scary or i might really be middle of the road with a really good movie or I might dislike a bad movie and that's kind of really exciting to me um, as a fan I feel like a lot of media that we talk about within the last five to ten years especially doing this pod how many times have we been like really surprised by something like Dread, 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 John Wick those are the two biz- biggest examples that we've talked about. But like Celeste. The game. Yeah. Again, I think that's one of those ones that people kind of told us was good. Like it was already like a game of the year contender when it had come out. The reviews of it were really good. I'm trying to think if there's been a show. Right. Uh, I don't think there's show like, cause you know, going into like a show like Dave or Atlanta, we already kind of had a history. With that. We knew we were probably going to like it because we, everyone likes John Lasso. Glover. 
lasso. Sure. Okay. So we've had three or four examples in 10 years of something that we kind of got on early. We're totally surprised by, and it worked out in a really, really good way. Um, I have no idea if, if it's going to happen for this movie, but I'm excited to just even have that feeling. Almost everything else we've ever reviewed, I can tell by the trailer if it's going to be good. I can tell by the trailer if it's going to be bad. I can tell, we can tell, you know, in the MCU, we weren't really high on the Eternals, for example. And guess what? Critics weren't really high on the Eternals. Um, we've kind of been, been within like the Metacritic score by a point or two in either direction, more or less pretty consistently for about 10 years. Um, this, I have friggin' no idea. Well, there's also the extra attention because of who he is. Of course. And it's going to be the same when this Tarantino movie comes out probably not next year but the year after the critic oh it's i was gonna, gonna say um hollywood yeah we were like, surprised we were surprised by hollywood yeah but even with the critic now with miyasaki how much pressure there is on him mm. right like this is his last movie right so there's gonna be like this has to be a masterpiece this is the last yes. time i'm gonna get to see this artist so with tarantino with the critic as far as we know this is going to be tarantino's last film right so people saying. are going to be like shit i have to put there's going to be extra amount of attention and pressure onto this because this is the last movie that tarantino has for example killers of the flower moon was the final movie that scorsese put out we know it's it may it may be i don't know but he never <laughs> he never he never announced that right no so, but you're still getting people you know his peers like nolan and and others being like this is a masterpiece i think ridley said that the other day like this is the masterpiece but there would have been a, you know you and i haven't seen the film Probably well, then he threw out. then he threw a lot of shade about. Oh yeah, I put three movies out since then or some shit. Yeah, about about Scorsese and like he's you put out like three bullshit movies basically, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, continue yeah. your point. Yeah, so that my point is is that when you you know you have a last piece of art or whatever that there's going to be this antithesis and this extra pressure to it. So Miyazaki obviously is going to have that, Tarantino is going to have that, and maybe. Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese would have had that as well. And maybe Ridley, if Napoleon was his last film. And maybe, I mean, maybe Napoleon, which is getting mixed reviews, to be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, mixed is a very polite way of saying it. Uh, maybe that would have, you know, been a, a, a different situation for Ridley altogether. the one of the difficult things about this is we don't we want to judge the art in a vacuum in a vacuum we don't necessarily want to be influenced by knowing it's someone's last hurrah or not right does yeah. that change you know does does let it be or sorry get back or i guess abbey road i mean it's very complicated with the beatles knowing that's the last album does that change how we think about it does yeah, it do we I mean, think maybe not over time, I think in the moment. I think it's more in the moment situation, right? Like, because that Beatles yes. song that came out three weeks ago, it is the Beatles' last song, but no one is projecting the Beatles' career now over that. Just like in the way, like, I don't know if there was like this unreleased Tupac song that was like, we found this Tupac song. Jada's been keeping it in her closet this entire time. Yes. Uh, I don't think that would, you know, influence Tupac's career or if, you know, if Elvis had this unreleased song or something like that, right? Or Michael Jackson did. Although Michael Jackson, entirely different beast with a lot more controversies on top of it, uh, with stuff, obviously. 
yeah this isn't the michael jackson retrospective pod no. but you're right about like someone very i mean you, you could replace with anybody right elvis yeah. michael jackson john lennon whoever right and that's got... why voice acting's important <laughs> because we're gonna judge the garfield movie 20 <laughs> years from now and we're gonna say chris pratt you know this was his last movie ever this really is the highlight of his career uh, but no, I, I it is an interesting thing. Like I do wonder that with Tarantino, right? I mean, you you see with Oscars, right? Like with the sense of you know Scorsese getting it for The Departed, which is a great film, but obviously Goodfellas, Casino, other films, Taxi Driver, should have been ones that you would have considered for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for his Oscar, but he kind of had that that makeup Oscar, and you would almost assume that the, the critic will be good. And that no matter what happens, unless something like un, uh, like an all-time masterpiece comes out that year, that Tarantino might just get the best director because it's his Lifetime Achievement Award. Well, we've talked about this many times before. It's been other podcasts. Like, why don't we just do the Oscars five years, five years later? Yeah, five years yeah. later. Um, or, you know what? The other thing, it's okay to be wrong in the moment as well, I think. Yeah. Um, it's okay that the Academy voted for Crash. Um, not looking back 20 years, as we we're kind of doing right now, but as a voter or an Academy member, there was probably something very intoxicating about that push when it happened, right? And uh, the Oscars are not necessarily supposed to be a museum where only the da Vinci's of the world are celebrated. Yeah. The Oscars are a snapshot in time. And I think I've forgotten that. And I think we as a society or as a media consuming people have forgot that it's okay. And we, we, we talked, we talked about it with um, the most famous example, or one of the most famous examples recently is probably the whole game of Thrones last season. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be caught up in something and it's okay to be reactive to things and it's okay to change our minds 20 years down the road dude that's happened with mad men i remember you and i liked the mad men finale but so many people yes. hated it in the moment and now people are like that was a really good finale it's like yeah we know but it took well, people, people time to preach it. suits yeah fuck i mean i don't i i've i saw enough kind of it like in the corner of my eye as i was working as my partner was watching it like kind of just like on in the background is noise i don't think I'm, i would enjoy it but like oh i see exactly why people would would enjoy it because it's kind of like the easier version of mad men um mad men was the kind of show i ha- i told people a lot of the time you do not want to watch on your phone because it's no. one thing to listen to people talk it's yeah. another thing to experience people's relationships with each other. And I guess succession is very much that exact same thing too. Like, yeah, there's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of things that people say that are funny or shocking in succession, but you miss a lot of the nuance of people's double takes at each other. People's the, the times that they go, uh, or they kind of stutter their words or they stumble that we don't get when we, when we're on our phones. Um, so suits kind of make sense because it's like a great binge show. You can kind of, you're not going to miss a whole lot if you don't watch it, if you're not actively watching. It's so crazy with suits too. Like they had the spinoff of the, of, of the Jessica Peterson show. And um, 
no one no one cared. And then when Meghan Markle left, and then um, I'm forgetting her name from Knocked Up and Grey's Anatomy. Oh, Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl came in. Nobody cared. And I never even watched that final season really after Meghan Markle left. But now, like the streams that it's done, like it it is outstreamed anything this year. It is the most watched show, and I I watched it in the moment when it was going on. Yes, and it was doing good at that point. But like over the this last little bit, it's crazy. And, and you know, it really caught stuff during the strike. Uh, people trying to find something to watch and now and it's also the netflixication of everything and uh, matthew barry and bill simmons talked about this like with um and i know we had an entirely different subject and we're in another place but but whatever um but like with now that hbo is starting to sell stuff to netflix to watch like they took ballers for example Mm -hmm. can you imagine if entourage finds a second life on netflix for example I think it would. I don't need to I imagine think, it. I, I could see that happening very realistically. It would have a second. It would have a completely different revival on Netflix. I believe. I, I think it's one of those shows that would be able to have that revival on Netflix because of the people that watch it. If Last of Us was on there, for example, which that would not happen. But if some of these older shows like Sex in the City, Entourage, how mm-hmm. how to make it in America? Anyone, please. Yes, that's another good. That's a really good example of. Because I think that would be a show that, like, this is really good. What happened? Or the one, the show that we liked that had Danson and Galanafiskin and Schwartzman in it. Oh, bored to death. Bored to death. Like, if they just they screw it, we'll just sell you these Netflix for a little bit because we can make some money. It'll still be on Max, but if we sell it to Netflix, we can make some money. I wonder if that's too something that's going to be happening because we just saw what happened to Suits, and I think going into next year, you're going to have this entirely different realm. Now, I don't think Disney will do it. Still, I think Disney's going to stand proud, but Max and HBO know that there is another life that Netflix brings to these shows that I still don't understand. I, I still don't understand the Netflix uh, level of eyes on people, but as much as I hate to admit it, it is the dominant platform that people just go to for stuff. I don't personally, but I get it. I, I am understanding it more than ever. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, Network selling their shows to something like Netflix makes a lot of sense for shows that are not, membership drivers yeah and the things that are they would never put sopranos on there exactly exactly you if if you were running a network or if i was running a network or if we were if we were running hbo for example i'm keeping i'm keeping the wire i'm keeping game of thrones i'm keeping uh sopranos yeah last of us and then okay that's the the new stuff i'm talking about i'm talking about like the 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 archive even white lotus the first season i might throw i might throw to netflix and the rest of it i'm selling that's why sex Uh, in the city i thought about but i'm like no you'd sell no sex in the city i would sell sex in the city i'd sell sex in the city and the movie but what i would keep would be the latest show that the reboot show that they had oh yeah now this is it or something like that whatever it's called it doesn't matter um now giving people two options to see these these older shows which are not going to necessarily win me a membership to hbo max is fine but you might be intrigued enough to catch up to shows like white lotus white lotus would do so well in the uh, first season of white lotus on netflix would be a would be a number one rated show in the world uh and then oh what what do you do you time that like a month before or three months before season three comes out yeah and then it's like oh i'm gonna watch it because i'm already paying for netflix oh guess what's gonna happen oh i'm gonna go subscribe to hbo or crave to make sure i'm gonna see season three or season two then season three 
Like I, to me, that seems like such an easy way to do it. Like then the Disney so. stuff, the Disney stuff. Okay, keep the animated stuff. Keep Beauty and the Beast. Keep Lion King. Keep the classics. Why not sell the live action ones? Dude, if they sold Mando or other stuff to it, it'd be uh, a different ballgame. I don't but think that, you that, want. Okay, a, I don't think well, you want to sell. A, the, well, the difference with Disney is Max has shows that people people are going to subscribe to watch House of the Dragon. They're going to subscribe to watch White Lotus or Last of Us. Right? They have but, HBO still has three premium shows that people will subscribe for and watch right now. Um, Disney, the artist. Art, what's the artist? <laughs> Isn't that the weekend one? Oh no! Yeah, what the idol? Oh, the idol. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Disney doesn't does the, their driver now is. I mean, they just canceled our, our our the Muppet show that we the the Electric Mayhem show that we liked. But I I know that's not an IP driver for them, and they cancel shows like Big Big Shot and Mighty Ducks this year because they're not going with that. Uh, they have this Percy Jackson coming in. But my main thing is they're looking at their IP drivers are Indiana not Indiana Jones, Star Wars and and Marvel it's brands. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking at that as their their driver, so they're not gonna sell that to Netflix. I wouldn't think. There's a there's a fundamental difference between people uh, liking a network like HBO, like we do, right? We like what they put out generally, and we also sometimes don't like what they put out. But we're not yeah. necessarily we're not buying Crave or HBO Max for the sole like just because we like every HBO thing. But people are buying Disney for either access to the Marvel things or the Disney things because they are such big fans of either of those properties. That's why Disney should Disney should not sell Star Wars stuff because people buy Disney to get Star Wars. Yeah. It's not necessarily the same for HBO Max with How to Make It in America, Bored to Death, um, that other show with Zach Galifianakis with the flowers on his face in the in the mm -hmm. title card. Those things are the kinds of things that you can sell and then bring people in for the longevity of HBO and because you know you're going to get quality programming basically from here on out. So their business models are very, very different. Uh, but I still think that they could... Like Disney, I don't ever see selling shit to Netflix because that's not how it works. Like people are no. so brand loyal to Disney or their sub, sub brands. Um, not quite the same. I mean, maybe, maybe it'll change with the Hulu stuff um but even then like disney doesn't like they're kind of the number two player in streaming so they wouldn't really need to uh, but if you were like it, like peacock didn't peacock have a like a season or a couple seasons of yellowstone on it or something like that yeah they they bought it before paramount could get the full right so the new yellowstones will still be on there and now everything else from uh taylor sheridan will be on p uh on paramount but they were uh universal smart enough to buy it beforehand right um, but I'm, you know, how, how many more subs did they get once they acquired those rights after it was on Netflix for a while? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Right. Um, there's just certain things there's like, it's, it's from an outside looking in, there are certain things that these programmers value internally a lot higher than I think the average consumer, someone like you or me, maybe we're not average value. Yeah right um hbo until recently overvalued the dc universe fantastically overvalued it not necessarily monetarily wise but thinking that people were going to subscribe to their platform just to get all the latest movies when in reality it really didn't give a shit i was going to watch it for free some way or another 
Uh, and now that I'm happy that the barrier for entry is a little bit lower because now what's going to happen, let's say I catch up with all these crappy movies, right? Let's say I do watch The Flash for free because it's on Netflix because I already paid for it. But then the Superman movie comes out. But it's only out on HBO or HBO Discovery or whatever it's called. Warner Brothers yeah. Discovery. Max. Whatever. Max, yes. Thank Just you. Just Max by itself. Um, but let's say I'm that kind of person who does watch all the other DC stuff. And I do watch Harley Quinn and I do watch Doom Patrol or whatever. And then the, the, the Superman movie comes out. Guess what I'm probably going to do? I'm probably going to and And then, it's, it's, of course, it's really, really good. Yeah. I'm probably going to subscribe if it's really, really good. But if it's really shitty, I'm just going to keep buying Netflix. And then, you know what? Maybe, maybe the DC movie universe, even the new one, should not go ahead if they're going to release poor products, right? Like the market, in, in this kind of example, the market is kind of speaking to these, sub, in, to these producers. Because if it's not good and you're overvaluing it, people won't watch it and they won't buy it. No, exactly. But if it's not, if it's not good and you reduce the barriers for entry by putting it on a Netflix and you're still getting some money off of it, people are going to watch it. You might find a new life. Like in 10 years from now, people might say that Aquaman 2 is like a, was the best of those movies. They might. I have no idea, going back to like our whole Oscars the five years later thing, but we have no idea how the people are going to react. But that's a potential. That's a complete possibility. Yep. Yeah, and all these are good points. I, I mean, obviously, with the DC property, it's been misused. I think that's one of the reasons that I guess it's a good transition you brought up the DC side is why I like all the casting I've been able to see for Superman Legacy because a lot of it has been done with great care and love, and you're kind of seeing exactly what made the MCU great was maybe it was James Gunn. I mean, remember, it's the guy that wrote the Infinity Saga in an hour on a napkin. Mm. And, you know, you look at that, like, the kid that they got to play Jimmy Olsen, um, you want to know oh, him by yeah. just telling me his name. You saw the casting, though. Um, I did, yeah. That I, is I... perfect. <laughs> like, perfect. No kidding, and, eh? and Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor, he's going to eat on that role. He will be a great Lex Luthor. And um, uh, from Miss Maisel, her as Lois Lane, great. Superman, I always think when they cast Superman, it should be a more or less unknown, and that's what they did. Because oh, Superman uh, will make so you. Skylar uh, Gizondo, who's the guy from uh, Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. Yeah, he's perfect. It's a very Jimmy good Jimmy. Wilson. Yeah, very yeah. good Jimmy. Now, and, are uh, we going to get like, are we going to get like a, you know, a 19-year-old Jimmy Olsen? Are we going to get someone who's kind of like a bit more wise? Are we going to get someone like, like what part of, what part of, uh, what interpretation of Superman are we going to get here? Because I think he's going to be like the, the Jimmy Olsen we grew up with, right? Like, kind of like, oh, geez, Clark. Like, kind of, I mean, I hate to sound like Morty, Morty there, but he kind of was. He kind of was a Morty. A little bit, yeah. I I haven't what I haven't read a lot of Superman, so I don't. He's really like know. the 1970 Jimmy Olsen, right? He's like you know, kind of like, yeah, just kind of like, like a sidekick, you know, a sidekick kind of. I I have not used this word in years. Kind of like a pipsqueak, just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I've not used that okay. word ever. You know what I'm talking about? Like kind of hope hopeless kind of guy there, and just trying to buckle up his shoes and do the best for the Daily Planet that he can. You mean uh, not the uh, CIA operative who got killed no. by terrorists no. off screen no. um, in the in the DC 
ex- expanded universe. No, and Sarah Cham- Champeo as Eve Tessmacher is great. The fact that we're bringing back Miss Tessmacher in this, and like I said, Nicholas Holt as uh, Lex is great. Uh, and I like this. This goes to show that this is what happens. When you put love into something, and with DC, the last little bit that just hasn't been the case. Like you said, DC entirely underrated the property, and then they see, oh, the MCU is doing the Avengers. Well, we got to do Justice League. Well, it kind of doesn't make any sense to have Justice League. I don't fucking care. Let's just do it. We want to make money, and you didn't make money. Well, that's that's a yeah. That's exactly why Morbius didn't work. Craven won't work. Madam Web, Web won't. Well, it it won't work. Okay, Madam really, really Web will do better than we think because there's a Sydney Sweeney Hive. Uh maybe. Um, It'll do better. Like I'm not saying it's well, going to do the, gamebusters. The hive is, has... is going to be the hive is going to be people who have watched Spider-Man movies and like Sydney Sweeney, right? So yeah, it's a lot of Gen Zers. Okay, no yeah. problem. Um, yeah. But for the the millennials and Gen Xers, maybe it's a, like a huge maybe. Like I'm not going to see it. I wouldn't see it just for Sydney Sweeney. I've already talked about how I just don't really care for her that much. Well, I, uh, the, the the fatigue is there, and you and I talked about it. I mean, for the first time ever, and I, I did see Miss Marvel, uh, but it wasn't like I was thrilled to go see Miss Marvel, you know? Right. But and, and I, I I ended up watching, like, hey, this was a perfectly fine movie, and I, I don't know why the antithes, the antithes, anticipation wasn't there, because I love Kamala Khan. She's, mm-hmm. She steals the damn movie. Photon's great. Bree's great. Like, there's no reason I shouldn't be energetic to see this movie and the loki finale was all time so you would feel like i was hyped up again to see marvel but you know me like i was there thursday premiere date and right it took me till like a monday matinee to go see it yeah that had happened to me more or less than the pandemic um so you're you're just kind of like a few movies behind where i'm at as a fan i wouldn't say my fandom's waning i'm just and it's not even like I need to be like I need to be blown away to to enjoy things. In there the was uh, there was FOMO too. Like with this, I, I didn't feel the FOMO. Like I like stay yes, off of yeah. like social media, like and so, and whatnot. Like for the AW pay per view this week, I didn't go on my social media because I couldn't watch it because of my job until like late Sunday. Pay per view was Saturday night, so I didn't go on social media or go on my phone for like it for the whole day until I had a chance to watch it because I was FOMO of not wanting to know what happened on the pay per view. With the Marvels, it took me about a week and a half to go, but I wasn't upset about anything. Like I knew, I think we all kind of knew, like had heard the X Men stuff beforehand. Yep. Oh and yeah, was, you know what? Yeah. It was one of those things too. I I still would prefer not to have spoilers, but seeing it happen it was still fucking dope, even though it was kind of spoiled. Yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, you you knew it going in, but at the same time, it was still all right. And they so. like, I mean, it, it was weird. Like I, the Marvels thing is complicated. I feel like it's getting a lot more hate than it deserves. Like a movie like The Flash is fucking dog shit. Hate on that movie. That movie sucks. <laughs> okay, it's, no problem. Spoiler alert, it's probably my worst movie of the year. Okay. Uh, although there's been a lot of bad movies this year. Like we'll talk about, we, we should almost do a worst of movie because between the Chris Evans and uh, Amadav Armas movie, that was shit. That Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher movie was shit. Fast X was really bad. This was really, really, Flash was really bad. Marvel's is not a bad movie. It is perfectly fine. It is perfectly there's also, there's fine. There's also the, the people who like hated on the first one and hate everything about 
Brie well, Larson. the only reason they're hating it is because people don't like Brie Larson for whatever reason. I don't know why Brie Larson hate is so strong. I don't know why that is. And then also, let's be honest, there's people that just don't like that there's female leads leading the yes. movie. That's and, well, that's it. I was gonna say the, the people who don't like Brie Larson and the mm-hmm. Venn diagram of people who don't who just want to hate on like women centric movie superheroes yeah. is probably a significant overlap. Um, we saw that big groan, you know, with especially in Endgame, which was contrived. Okay, yeah, I didn't dislike it for it being in the movie, I disliked it for how it was shot and filmed in the movie. Yeah, that's very, very different. And I will still want to see, and I still will eventually see the Marvels, just like I saw Captain Marvel, just like I saw Miss Marvel, which I, I enjoyed better, more than clearly more than most. Yeah, and, and She Hulk we liked, and we like She Hulk as well. Yeah, like if the biggest controversy about She Hulk that caused people to make fake profiles on Metacritic was that she twerked in a post credit scene with Megan the Stallion. Like, is that the worst thing that happened in the show? Apparently, that you, like, apparently. Yeah, like, oh, oh my god! Or that she, or that she said it was hard being a woman because dare men hear that women say that because <laughs> arg, I hate this. Yeah, like the funny thing is, it's like the man that saw Barbie and, and got mad about Barbie is like, okay. Yeah, what were you expecting? Like, you're that you know, you're that sensitive about your manhood. Or maybe they only watched like the first two thirds of the Barbie, and then they walked up and like, you know what? That was a really really good movie patriarchy that's that's the thing um but no like kamala khan i think they they could not have passed cast a better per or a better spokesman person because everything she's been able to do on the on the talk circuit post strike she's been great no she's she answered said, everything yeah. great yeah. like even when she was asked like what about the box office like, i don't give a shit i had a fun time making a movie that's bob Iger's to say that's for bob Iger to worry about i'm like that's such a perfect answer yeah, that's a phenomenal answer. Like she's not in charge of writing the movie. She's not in charge. She's in charge of acting and portraying who she gets on script. If you're gonna if you're gonna critique the writing, don't go after like a 15 year old girl. If you're gonna critique the FX, don't go after a 15 year old girl. Like basically, you get to you you don't even get to go after her for acting because she's gonna change and transform so much as an individual. Becoming she was an never an actor beforehand. She was just this yeah, she's kid two that projects. was a nerd. That loved Marvel and had like a letterbox account, and then she auditioned because she liked Marvel so much. She the cool thing about her is the comic book store she went to, I believe, is actually in Jersey, and okay. they were interviewing the she. She now writes the Miss Marvel comic. Yes, and yeah, I didn't she know that. got her comic book store uh, owner in as a character in the comic now in Jersey in the Miss in the Miss Marvel comic, because that was the comic book seller that sold her the original Miss Marvel. Isn't How cool she is Canadian? that? Um, I think so. I'm just double checking. She's from Toronto, so I mean, not that it matters. Like that's just no. Really you're right. Story. She is from Toronto. Yep, yeah, she is. That's a really. Well, great she's story. originally born in Pakistan, but she yeah. then she moved to uh, Toronto. Yeah, so that's what it is. Sorry. Yeah, the because they were talking Toronto. to the com- Yeah, the comic book owner in Toronto. They have that individual in in Jersey City. So I got ahead of myself. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do when I learned all that information make a fake profile on the internet and then hate on it. Hate, 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 hate. Yeah. Like she's just great. She's great. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it was perfectly fun. I laughed anytime she was involved in any scene and you know, is the movie a little bit buggy and there's some like weird shit that happens in it? Yeah. And does it feel like it was maybe some points written by a 12 year old? Yeah. There's one, <laughs> one scene in particular. I'm like, if my niece wrote this, this is what she would probably do for a movie for some of these these ideas. 
Yeah, yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, like expectations for this with all the anticipation around it were so low for me that I was like, I don't care. Whatever. I'm just going in for a fun time. I had a fun time. I laughed at the stuff. I liked the chemistry between everybody. It moved some stuff ahead a little bit in the MCU. So, you know, cool. The the trailer looked like it was going to be good. And it it was fine. It was with Mar- with, entirely fine. With Marvel, perfect should not get in the way of progress. Yeah. Okay. There are a few things that are pretty damn close to perfect in Marvel. There's no doubt about it. But when you look at the average of 25 films or 26 films and 10 TV shows, as long as the average is good or slightly better than good, why is that not enough? Like, like would I go back and rewatch this? over um, i will probably never watch ant-man again unless my nieces or nephews want or like if i have kids one day or you know a partner or something that want like you have with your partner that wants to go and rewatch all the mce movies then sure but it's kind of yes. like what i said with the, like attack of the clones i'll never watch attack of the clones unless like a niece or nephew or kid or partner wants me to go back and watch a trilogy with them yeah and like the marvels i probably would still go back ant-man quantumania fuck no <laughs> that's a bad movie there's another bad movie that's it uh, see that's like me with thor love and thunder yeah at least i probably at least i, I go laughed back and rewatch it at least i laughed with darren cross like i know it was kind of happening i didn't know the line the line really surprised me like i just laughed because it was so absurd <laughs> and it's funny between us and our friends in our group chats yeah i don't think i laughed at thor once I think there was one or two things, but no. And that's see that that's more that's I'd rather laugh at something that's more absurd and ridiculous than things that like are trying to be funny that are not funny. Yeah. Um, but the Marvels, friggin' like I gave it like, a seven. Kept, I think yeah. when you see it, you'll give it a five. Oh, because sure. I am I I am a lot more friendly with movie reviews than you are, or Nick is, for example. That's true. I, yeah. I I do rate things a little bit lower than you, but I also don't think necessarily a five or six is bad. Mm. I don't feel like I've wasted my time with a six movie. A six is like, I watched it. I'm glad that I've internalized a few of the things that'll move the plot forward, as you said. And I, but like, I'm not going to like a five or six to me isn't even hate watch level. That's like two or three. Yeah. Five or six is like, Oh, like, as you mentioned, someone wants to watch it. Okay. Someone wants to talk about it. Okay, we'll do a podcast about it. Okay, I have no problem with those things. I'm not going to be mad by doing that for a five or six movie. I'd be mad by doing it for a two or three movie. And that's The Last Skywalker or whatever, Rise of Skywalker, whatever the sixth, eighth one is. Yeah, Last Jedi. Last Jedi, thank you. Yeah, That's something that I actually get mad about. The rest of the shit, I don't like, even, you know, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's a six out of ten. Let's be real, okay? Yeah. Um, and that's fine to be six out of ten. The Eternals is probably like a six, a six, six and a half out of ten. That's fine. Like, let's talk about them. But I'm not like making accounts on the internet to go flame it. So, yeah, I, and I think there's been this whole turn the last week I've seen with it is like people are like this actually is a good movie, and the shitting on it is pretty unnecessary. Yes, I don't get why people like like I you, we already talked about it. like the whole Brie Brie Larson thing is just. I don't get it. I mean, I just, that kind of brings me to the other thing. So I, like I said, I'd give it a solid seven. 
Uh, what I would give a nine and a half is the new Scott Pilgrim. Holy shit, that was amazing. Because you again, hey. kind of going back to where we were at the beginning, you and I were talking about how hard it's going to be to pick animated show of the year. Clone High came out this year. Like I said, this is a redemption year for Rick and Morty, in my opinion. And the uh, funny this... thing is, that the internet, like I've seen a little bit of like on Reddit and stuff like that about Rick and Morty, and people are like, "You guys need to stop pretending like it's bad." And like yeah. people are like, "Yeah, like they really warmed up to it really quickly." So I'm really happy because for people fans were because people there was the there was the Roland Hive, like yeah. fuck this Roland needs to be back, and now people are like actually this is pretty good again. It's so weird that like we people have to die on hills. Like it's okay to be like you know what like sometimes franchises out of the creator's hands are for the better yeah roland's a piece of shit that grooms children fuck that guy why would you support him fuck, fuck that, that guy, guy. 100 percent. we have worse human being fuck there's going to be some great picks this year of douchebags kanye justin roland there's a lot of pieces of shit justin roland is near the top you're right there are a lot of there the that debate will be a fun debate, but we'll save it for who's a bigger piece of shit. Uh, but no, it and you were talking about too. There's been, uh, I'll get to Scott Pickering, but there's been a really even with Clone High, I think at first with us, it's kind of like, I don't know, like, is this good? And but you know, I re I did do a rewatch a while ago, I'm like, yeah, they got they got the but again, it was there was the there was the mob. It, it's so hard with these shows now because you do have to deal with the whole wave of people like, it's woke, I fucking hate it. They're talking about these subjects and I don't want to hear about them. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know. Women. Women and homosexuality and people of color and treating people correctly. How dare they? Um, there's only one critique I would have about Clone High, which I think you would agree with me, is, and I think that they, they generally misused Cleo. Yeah. Other than that, I love the new characters. I love Abe and JFK. Joan and JFK. <laughs> Joan FK. Joan FK. <laughs> and it's okay that I like I liked it in the moment. I gave it like, you know, I'd give it like a seven and a half or an eight. And I, you're right. Like I'm gonna rewatch it next year. And that might go up. It might to the same, it might go down. But you know what? I'm happy that I got to see it. I'm happy that we have it. Like we everyone just wanted it back so bad and they said that we would take it in whatever form we got it well guess what we did get it so you can't really complain that much and like there's some shows that are still on that are like i for whatever reason still watch family guy as a background when i edit is it good it varies some episodes i have a chuckle some episodes i'm like that's absolutely dog shit same with american dad mm -hmm. Simpsons, I just can't do that to myself. Anymore. I mean, talking about voice actors phoning it in, like, Seth, Seth yes. Oh, dude, you beat me to it. He does not want to be doing this shit. Like, I saw the trailer for Ted. I was like, that's the Seth MacFarlane I remember. He actually is carried in his trailer for voice acting. And he's even well, admitted he doesn't want Family Guy to be on anymore. It just got moved to Wednesdays, and Seth is like, cancel it, cancel it. Well, yeah, and but he's not, he's not, he's not going to say no. Would you like no. $20 million a year to, to do this show? No, thank you. I'm good. No, of course he's gonna like that. Takes that he's like, he hasn't even read it anymore. Like, You've actually noticed on American Dad too. There's like full episodes now without Stan or Roger. Yeah, awesome. Cause, Whatever. Yeah, because he's cares? like, I don't but give a shit. Going to like going back to uh, to Scott Pilgrim, like beloved franchise. Even though it only had, I mean, it was based on a on a comic book and 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 one movie. But like everyone I knew would watch scott pilgrim that was probably one of the starts i guess it was like napoleon dynamite was probably the start but that was 
firmly like the peak of like nerd culture right mm-hmm. like like where like nerd core stuff was really really cool and really popular and it was cool to wear band ringer t-shirts and sweatbands on your wrist and stuff like that and of course michael Sarah was you know still is a big deal but um to me the movie like has a really special place in a lot of people's hearts because of like mm-hmm. so 20 years it's nostalgia right the mid-2000s were actually really a lot of fun um it was like it was like the best parts of the 90s but everyone had phones to, to figure out where each other were so we weren't missing each other like you got to include your friends and in everything you did um and then on the flip side like in the real world world aspect of it like scott pilgrim kind of soft launched a lot of careers dude it's funny when that movie starts the biggest star pitch perfect hasn't happened yet right sorry Pitch Perfect hadn't happened yet in 2010, I don't think. I don't think so. So it's definitely Michael Sarah is the biggest star in that movie. Oh, no doubt he is. I mean, uh, Chris well, Evans. Brandon Ross. No, um, Brandon Ross was name? Superman. Brandon yeah, Ross he was, was Superman. Superman. That was kind of about it because, oh, Schwartzman was big for, from... Uh, and Evans was Johnny Storm. Some movies. And Evans was Johnny Storm. But he wasn't but Chris he, Evans. No, and that's kind of it where, like, looking back, okay, how did so many A plus actors get into this movie? Well, because they weren't A plus actors. Yeah, because um, like but, now you look at it like now I would say if I had I was gonna do this game with you, like ranking the biggest stars in that movie now. It's this a tie day, for a lot of people. It's like I was like Aubrey is a maybe one, but then Chris Evans is Captain no, America. No, Chris Evans is one. Chris Evans. Chris is Evans one. is one. Then Aubrey. Yeah, probably. Then Kieran. Potentially. Then. Anna Kendrick. Oh, but uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in it too. Like, yeah, Winstead. Like, then you have Anna Kendrick. You have oh, like, Anna Kendrick's like top three. Yeah. Okay, so it, it brings up a really interesting point about like I just talked about like Brie Larson in the fucking movie yeah. too. <laughs> um, the special like the feeling that it has for both fans and I think the cast alike because it soft launched a lot of their careers. Yeah, it would kind of be like if they did an animated version of like the breakfast club and got everyone mm, back. That's like not a terrible point. No, but like, that's kind of the thing where like at a certain point in your life, you would like, you're probably, like, these people are probably so grateful for that movie because it was like, they were all filmed when they were like 20, 17 to 20, 25, whatever. So they probably were all the same age. They went out, they had fun. They were all friends. They were doing like this weird movie that had no expectations that completely blew the lid off of things of course they're going to go back and do it because it's beloved. Like no one's been canceled. The movie or the movie hasn't been canceled. The, the, um, the comic book hasn't been canceled. Like the director hasn't been canceled, but it's one of those, like, but like not even to go to cancel culture per se, but it's just a movie that has held up really, really well. It's a cult classic. It's a cult classic for a reason. Well, you have Edgar Wright, the, uh, like a year, Two three years later, he does World's End, but before that, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. So he's like near his apex. Absolutely, and that's exactly why we got like a Beetlejuice animated show in the '90s, and that's why we're getting a sequel because there's just movies like there's just franchises that like are not they're not overly commercialized. Like it'd be different if after the movie, like there was I think there was a actually I think there was a Scott Pilgrim video game, but um, if there was for there example, like, yeah, if there was like a web show and then there were soundtracks and then there was like podcasts and then there was like radio shows and then there was like bedspreads and 
and Halloween characters. Like it just like the franchise was just let it just like they let it be and people gravitated towards it because it was like a thing that made them feel special or made them feel cool about being a nerd when they were teenagers like it did for mm-hmm. me yeah i i remember seeing it for the first time like this is different than anything i've ever seen but, franchises, but that's what edgar wright does that's what edgar wright also did but every franchise is trying to be it, not even a franchise every single thing made right now is trying to be a franchise even to the point that you mentioned it really briefly like the muppet show the the electric mayhem show yeah got canceled and in my mind and, and you actually brought up a really good point in our group chat like Disney hates the Muppets. And that to me is very, very apparent. Um, Why they even thought about trying to make it a series in the first place is beyond me. Like why they don't just have individual, like every, like you get groups of characters, they do eight episodes, period. Like we're not going to get, and maybe, you know, years later when things like when this show is like the most popular Muppet show of all time. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Then we'll do a season two, but why don't we have just seasons of, of individual character stuff and then have the occasional crossover like let's build the brand up yeah every once in a while it just seems like they're like oh yeah we have the muppets i guess we should do something with that ip but not the way i i feel like like the show's good i have no problem with the show but it's great if if any if anyone ever told me um that they were anticipating making like three seasons out of it like i would have thought you were crazy even the actors like you'd be crazy i wanted to see them i wanted to see them go on tour because that okay. was that's what they teased the end was them going on tour. I thought that would have been fun. Sure, but have have them go on tour as like a crossover episode with like another character, or like have them run into like Fozzie or something, and Fozzie's like, "I'll be your manager," or yeah, something, right? Like, I mean, he's not going to be a manager, of course. The, the I, I feel like managers, Michael but. Eisner, more love. This is the one that Bob Iger I don't doesn't see as much money in the Muppets either, and Michael Eisner wow. I think saw a lot more love and care with all it's but i think with Iger, he's like we got he he you know i don't think pixar. it's his fault i don't think it's his it's fault not his because... fault i'm just saying i think if they look at the money though between pixar disney animation marvel and star wars of course muppets is going to be at the bottom of that well it's just more so a matter of like not only what what's well, like taste change over like 20 years but at the same time like Iger took over the the buying of those two franchises marvel and, and star wars so it's like why would you not put all your eggs in those two baskets um disney as a franchise before that you're right it was pixar and it was disney animation and a little bit of muppets and then even before even before pixar muppets were incredible incredibly popular look at the tv show right so they did put their eggs into the muppets basket it's just that they acquire these different things that are the new and shiny toys and it makes sense that those that ceo will milk that new shiny toy for everything it's worth yeah i mean it's i mean it's hard to see what's happening with it but and like i told you like henson's john henson company did the puppets or the animatronic whatever it was in five nights at freddy's cool and those like unbelievable it's one of the, oh, there's another shitty movie but again i don't really <laughs> want to shit on five nights at freddy's because the fans are very happy with it's it it's just so, not for you it's not for you so that that's why i'm not going to shit in that movie because the fans are super happy Good for them. Um, but yeah, as far as Scott Pilgrim, it's kind of reminds me of a donkey quote. I can't remember what game it was. It was nothing like I expected, but I loved it even even more than I thought. And that's what I think we don't get a lot of in our media consumption is, and it actually goes back to my point an hour ago, 
with the boy and the heron was being genuinely surprised and experiencing something for the very first time. And I really feel that way. I'll kind of cap this, this point before you get to give me some news, and then we'll head out of here. Yeah. Um, I really feel that way about the Pluto TV show, which is the Astro Boy show on Netflix. I don't know much about Astro Boy in terms of like the manga. Of course, everyone knows who Astro Boy is, but I don't really know much about the world or the universe. Is that what Pluto's and based off of? It's within it. It's within okay. it. Dope. Um, it is so fucking cool. I am so excited to finish it. Like, and I've been watching it kind of piecemeal. I've been watching it at my leisure. So I'm not like binging it. And I am so incredibly hooked at the twists and turns and the ups and downs of this show. And of course the quality is amazing. Um, nice. I know Astro Boy is like, you know, the pinnacle of animation and anime um, and manga, but um, I didn't have, I didn't have that knowledge going into it or having that like, Oh, I'm going to really like this. And I, and I'm glad that I got surprised by it. Yeah. You've talked me into putting it on my list. Other shows too, that came out this year, young Jedi, which I want to be best of, but I've watched a lot of it with uh, nieces and nephews. My adventures with Superman, which had no cool. right to be as good as it was. Holy shit. That was good. Harley See, Quinn, there you which go. was yeah. a good season as well. But um, for me, I, it's going to come down to clone high or Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. Rick and Morty to see how they finish, but uh, I mean, and worst animation has been locked up since February, which was Velma. Oh, uh, yeah. Even then, I'm really interested to see, um, like, because I haven't watched it. Obviously, I've seen a lot of still images or some captions and stuff like that on the internet of people hating on it. Um, I'd be really interested from my own perception of it like in a year from now or two years from now just to be like you know what like maybe this was as bad as people said it was chances are it may not be the reason i thought it was bad is much different than the other reason people thought it was of of course of course but i would i'm gonna go into it like not having an agenda to prove absolutely and so i'll be able to kind of judge it based off of the quality of the writing per se, or the quality of the jokes or the quality of the gags, um, which can be bad. Of course it can be, but I'm not going to hate on it because of some woke agenda. Cause I really don't give a shit what the agenda is. Uh, and kind of when I was talking about five nights for you heard about, I, I slept in the group chat, but Chuck E. Cheese is apparently getting rid of all their <laughs> animatronics. I, and they're stating it's not because of five nights from, of, uh, of, from Freddy's, but I yeah. don't know. I, I, yeah. think it, I think it has a correlation. Well, didn't they say that they were going to keep, they were getting rid of all of them except for like a couple locations worth? And then Yeah, but now it's just like, one. Now it's just the original one is keeping them. That's it. They probably did like a cost benefit analysis and they were like, there's no way we're spending that much money on this shit that people but I think were, five that kids are terrified of. Also kind of ruined it. Oh, of course it did. I, it, well, it's like Ronald McDonald, right? Like in the yeah. whole, whole killer clown thing. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as news, I kind of talked about, I mean, our boy John Hamm wants to play Dr. Doom and I'm like here for it. Yeah. If you can get in the door, go for it, buddy. He's been asking to do it. But, I mean, I, I, had this with Andy. We were talking about who could play Wonder Man. He he was a name that came up, but I would like Joel McHale. You just need a douchebag. When I think of douchebag, I think of Joel McHale. He <laughs> plays a good douchebag. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's exactly it. Um, yeah. Ham, I'm a little, I'd be a little worried about the accent. Yeah. Um, 
Because I would want to give him someone with like whose whose face isn't covered by a helmet and stuff like that, right? He's like a classically beautiful guy. Um, it's almost like like in a different world, he'd be a good like older Superman. Um, yeah, but or he'd like be a good char- Lex, he'd be a great uh, Lex. Well, like just a character that like can really show off his face, right? I think is important, and I can't I just I can't think of a lot off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. especially in the marvel universe but like we're i don't think he's out. like a reed huh we're running, out. we're running out he's like not like a reed richards like is he a cyclops is he like a is he like a like I a see cable I is see, he cable like yeah, i don't I see know that too. Like, i can see that too um you haven't seen any invincible at all this year have you not yet i'm only kind of doing one show at a time it is certainly on the list but oh, i'll probably animated. watch i'll probably watch a couple episodes at a time though something's missing hmm I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And the the guys from the Ringerverse podcast are talking about this too, and they don't know what it is either. But something just something's missing. Well, is it? Do you think it's like the excitement for the property because it took like three years to make the second season? Maybe I don't know. Something's missing though. It just it's I not it's not get, exactly hitting for me. I'll get to it and I'll let you know. Uh, other than that, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of stuff from the rest of the week. Those the two big things I did was watch. Uh, Scott Pilgrim and see the Marvels this week. Nice. Did you uh, finish oh, Scott saw, Pilgrim? I finished Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Oh, and I saw Leo. I saw Leo today, which is the Adam Sandler lizard uh, animated movie with Bill Burr. Oh. And? Yeah, it's fun. Fun movie. Because Bill Burr is on a bit of a downside with some of these movies, not to mention his wife giving Trump old, the finger, but. Yeah, old dads. That's <laughs> exactly what you think it is. There's a, he's doing another movie, is he not? With another live action movie on Netflix or something like that? I think so, yeah. Uh, Leo is, it's a really heartfelt, fun movie. Awesome. Again, I mean, animated, not for us. It was, Doesn't matter. It was a good animated year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, Across the Spider Verse came out this year, so good luck. Like, good luck. And then yeah, the Miyazaki yeah. movie, and then you know Turtles, mm-hmm. it was really good. And then. What was Pixar this year? Oh, uh, Elements, which was surprisingly really good. Like, mm. Oh, really Elemental? Good. Really fucking good. Oh, awesome. Um, apparently Wish is shit, but it's a Disney movie, so I'll, I'll see it eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't seen Wish yet. <clears throat> Apologize there uh, for coughing. Um, but yeah. And now I, I mean, I... I don't know if there's a movie in theaters now that I will see the rest of the year now. Marvels was like the last one. Ooh. Aquaman uh, is all that's left. Dune got pushed up. Dune got pushed back, then got pushed up, right? Yeah, it got pushed up. Because Dune, Dune was supposed to be this month. Yeah, like Hunger uh, Games came out this week and didn't do very good. Yeah. I, I also think there's just, I mentioned trolls? in the chat, there's just trolls. You might send kids. <laughs> I, I mean, there's just so much stuff on streaming right now all of a sudden, yeah. right? Like you have Fargo that came out this week, which I haven't seen. Right. Uh, you okay. have The Crown, which I haven't seen. This Godzilla show, which I haven't seen. Those are just three shows. I'm interested in this Squid Game at like real life game show. Oh, the news about that is crazy. Like people like putting their like physical health at risk and shit like that. Crazy. Like, cause that just came, uh, that just came out today. Um, so I was like, okay, like I will definitely... I will definitely check out that because I'm very interested in how that is. So uh, I think at least for the holidays and Thanksgiving, like you're, you're covered. So happy. Also, like I said, in these uh, seven K pod, happy Thanksgiving to our American friends. Yeah. You have a great week. 
um great great thanksgiving and um yeah my, we'll see what happens next week with the pods because stuff is starting to slow down maybe we see a fargo or something we'll see mm-hmm. but stuff is slowing down um we'll get to the gaming award soon with all that it doesn't feel i this is the last thing i want to talk to you before we get out of here um so there's like the minor starfield fans are just not taking not being nominated well <laughs> um except for the fact that officially reviews dropped to mixed instead of it being positive. Mm. Uh, so it's kind of like what you talked about with these fighting games. Um, people, the veil of newness came off and people are experiencing it and they're not impressed because there's like procedurally generated worlds, which the developers have talked about where there's nothing on it. And they're like, oh yeah, that's like a part of the game. And it's like, there you gave me a world where there's nothing to do. Like literally, literally zero things to do on this world. Yeah, and what you're talking to is I talked, I, I watched the Donkey uh, 2023 game review uh, video again yesterday to kind of like, okay, okay. so what was Donkey previewing? Yeah. Uh, and he said like with Tekken, which didn't come out this year, which is now next year, I think in February Tekken comes out. Uh, and Street Fighter is like, the problem with these games is once you beat this, this thing, the story mode, like you need, you need other stuff to make you compelled to stay unless you want to do online. And we kind of brought this up with MGA, so I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it's just like, yeah, there's nothing left to do. Like, that's why I'm glad I sold Mortal Kombat. And then, even with Spider-Man, though, like I had a conversation with someone the other day. It's just like, are you selling Spider-Man? Why not just keep it? I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. The game is done. Yeah. Like, am I just going to go around and just randomly fight crime? Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing to do yeah. anymore. Like, save, save like the same carjacking that happens at like every five minutes in that game. I think that's why Belander's Gate is probably going to win game of the year because it has a little bit of everything. It has that it, sandbox. You just like, there's so much to do in that game that you don't get bored of it. I think it's game of the year. And also, yeah. like, the over, it's just, it's the other thing too. Spider Man has this a little bit too, um, not to the same extent it was just so polished and it's sad that like the best made game is the game of the year, right. That we have in that our expectations for games and patches and stability and bugs are so low that the game with the fewest bugs is kind of the winner. And Spider-Man was great. It was fucking awesome. Wonder I just finished. It was great. Uh, But Starfield, it kind of just seemed, it kind of was like a cyberpunk level thing of like, this is a game-changing game. This is a game-changing game. Yes, we were told it was game-changing before we decided it was game-changing. Yeah, kind of. And look, we joked about the No Man's Sky stuff with it beforehand, but I would acquit it more to Cyberpunk, where, yeah, like No Man's Sky was, yes, there's similar things to Starfield and No Man's Sky, but what Cyberpunk was for the, what the, this yeah. is like, this will change gaming. And we were going to, we were both going to buy it. Yeah, and it, and it came from a studio that made The Witcher, and everyone's like, The Witcher, this is one of the greatest games ever. And now they've done this game. And this came from the studio that makes Skyrim. And it's going to change everything, right? Yep. Because of what the level <laughs> Skyrim was. And just a little bit of a letdown. And, you know, I think after the highs of having some really good games of, we had a nice little run there. Like Mortal Kombat 1 was great. Like I was telling you before, and the community is completely turned against it because there really isn't a lot to do. Right. All of a sudden. Um, but we had a nice run there of Spider-Man, Wonder, and Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and it seems like RPG is getting nice reviews, and people are getting some nice nostalgia from it. But uh, Modern Warfare came out, and that was dumped down low, and now we're just kind of like, okay, let's get to twenty twenty four. 
well, maybe Warzone 3 will be good. It, it's weird because uh, Call of Duty has the component parts that people are really looking forward to. Like it's, there are certain parts of it, like the mechanics are well done, um, but people do not feel like they got their money's worth out of like the campaign and, and the challenge. People aren't happy and, with. Well, I just I just clicked all three boxes on it the other day and it like didn't change my life, but. Um, yeah they have soft mods for that sort of stuff anyway. So like what difference does it make if you have to check, like you have to check a box when you sign up before this whole thing anyways. Yeah. Um, but I know that the community is like the community likes, for example, like the guns feel good and the recoil is good and the movement is good. So like there are pieces of that franchise that are really well respected, but they're not respected for is the, what you get for your the value you get for your money. Yeah which and as someone who doesn't pay a single dollar for Warzone, I'm really excited to not pay any money and play a game that has good mechanics. But I mean, for all we know, the new map's going to be terrible. No idea. Yeah. So yeah. whatever. We'll see. I'm just looking forward to the gaming awards and getting a new trailer for Judas. And maybe we get some stuff for Animal Well and uh, some other cool stuff. But it's been Judas. a good year in gaming. What the heck's Judas? That's the Ken Levine game. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I hope it's I hope it's yeah. everything you wanted it to be in Walmart. You want to talk about anticipation? I don't think yes. you can get any. Like, holy shit. I think for me and the whole Bioshock uh community of fans. Definitely. Like that will be very, very high of what that can be. So I'm I'm assuming we'll get a trailer, I would think. And then oh yeah, the last gaming thing is the the tales of the um the new republic. Man, this has been a wild week. It's done. It's over. It's not done. It is done. It's not done. It's like, just tell me when it's made, if it is. Just tell it's me. on sale. Yeah. The old one is on Black Friday sale right now for 12 bucks. I'm like, I'm I was like, should I wait for this new one or should I just play the old one now? Right. I've never played it and I've heard how good it is. But I'm like, I'd rather just play the remake when it's done, when it's remade. Again, it's kind of like what you talked about though with um like super mario rpg like yeah do you yeah. do you do you even like rpgs like, that's what i don't know i've never really i've never been into final fantasy or like do you like rpgs no yeah i don't know if i do either so i just it's not that i don't like you know i play a lot of action rpgs so let's put it that way i just find the idea of like having you your, and turn, your enemies your yeah i i find that really boring but that's I like, what i was thinking i'm like am i gonna spend 80 bucks on this because i have this of the member berries so yeah, to push A to hit attack. Like that's why I don't like I I didn't play a lot of Pokemon as a kid because I love the monsters and I love finding stuff, but like the yeah. battling was just like attack A A watch it. Yeah, and you know okay, what that's happened turn. to me on my plane to Orlando, I played Pokemon Stadium. I'm like, this game was great. And then I played, I'm like, this is kind of boring. Well, the mini games were great because it was an ultimate, it was like a really good party game, but the actual yeah. battling itself was kind of boring. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, all right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We uh, maybe we'll do B sides next week. We might do B sides Christmas next week. We might not do a rundown next week. We will find a day that we'll works. Probably everyone. we'll do B sides next week. I think. Okay. Christmas edition. Okay. Until next time, everyone. Uh, for Devin Seal, I'm Josh Wire with Cheers and enjoy the day. Be bad. Thank you for listening to the Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take Forty Two.